You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So we were doing some routine intelligence collections, and it turned out that Winston and I were looking at the same sample, but we didn't realize it. We had a pretty good laugh, and then we realized, hey, this is something that is worth our time to see what else is unfolding. Joining us this week are three researchers from security firm Anomaly, Gage Mealy, Winston Meridison, and Yuri Polizan. The research we're discussing today is titled Probable Iranian Cyber Actors, Static Kitten, Conducting Cyber Espionage Campaign Targeting UAE and Kuwait Government Agencies. And now, a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. The name of the samples were intriguing, right? Analysis and study of normalization of relations. That's Gage Mealy. Uh, strategic titles. So like, okay, this is, this is interesting. This doesn't seem like your typical commodity campaign. So based on that, I would go and add some geopolitical context and see what's going on in the world as to why an actor would use a topic like this. And then once I realized some of that stuff, then I would touch base with Winston regarding the technical capabilities of this campaign. 
Well, let, let's go through it sort of step by step here. I mean, the first way that uh, someone would find this in front of them is is these zip files that you identified. These were used by Static Kitten. What was going mm-hmm. on with these? Yeah, good question. Winston, do you want to talk about the zips? Yep, yep, yep. Winston so, Meridison. So, as Gage told, analysis and study of the normalization of relations between Arab countries and Israel, that was the name of that particular zip file. So on further analysis, uh, we found that the zip file contained uh, an executable with the same name. Uh, on closer look, uh, it turned out to uh, be a Screen Connect client executable, uh, which is a non-remote desktop software owned by ConnectWise. And now it's called ConnectWise Control uh, right now. So it's basically an executable, which is a, a kind of a used by a multiple MSPs and the remote support team uh, across the globe. But then um, if you look across the internet, we could understand there are numerous variants of this uh, software executables as indicators out there. And it's pretty tedious job to pinpoint which one of them are really uh, being associated uh, with a particular threat actor. Um, However, while analyzing this particular sample, we found that it uh, creates a new service in the vector machine. Okay, so uh, here's the catch. While the service is being initiated, the Screen Connect software in our context, which is an executable from that zip file, passes a launch parameters so that it can reliably connect back to the remote Screen Connect server controlled by the attacker. So it's a client and server relationship there going on. It's a, it's a direct impact there. And the connected victim details would be populated in the server console. At the attacker side, that's a little more scary at that point. So because historically, uh, Muddy Water, or also known as Static Kitten, what they uh, preferably do, uh, do is kind of uh, stay in low profile. They won't leave much of the forensic footprints in the victim machine. So uh, that's what's happening here as well. Since this is a non-software, and then they are dealing with this kind of uh, approach, the, how we identify the difference between a normal Screen Connect software running out there in the public or in any machine comparatively to this is how it connects back to the remote server, right? The offender decided to keep the launch parameters hard-coded with custom properties along with the remote domain um, pods and the key. This custom property parameter, which passes the letter C, contained the targeted entity's domain. In our case, it was a Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Kuwait and the PC. So um, also important aspect is we found another similar executable, which creates uh, the service at the victim machine and launch the same parameters, launch parameters in a way. And uh, uh, this time the custom properties, the offenders decided to keep is kind of a generic one. It is a MFA.govern. That means uh, it, it looks to be kind of targeting generally across the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. It could be Singapore, it could be anything else, but we don't have enough data to prove that. Uh, but that's what we found, actually. And help, help me understand here, just so I'm clear. So it was, the, it was these Ministries of Foreign Affairs that were hard-coded in? Exactly, yes. It was uh, the website, I mean, the domain name, uh, mofa.govern.kw is the Minister of Foreign Affairs uh, in Kuwait. And if you see mfa.govern in another executable, it's a ministry of foreign affairs govern dot anything. So the attacker will be able to understand, okay, this particular agent installed in a machine, in a victim machine, 
uh, is talking back to me. And when I see the custom properties, it is telling me, okay, hey, this is uh, from mmofa.govern.kw. This is from mofa.govern. So that the attacker can understand, okay, this is from uh, the victim which I was targeting to, which is good. Right. From the attacker's point of view, it's good. But what happens next? I mean, they, they, they get this indication that they've uh, successfully um, infiltrated one of their, their target victims. Where does it go from there? Okay. So let, let's think from the beginning. So there, was, there should be a, a, mm-hmm. a spear phishing campaign happened. And then the victim got an email. And then he, there was a document, a doc file. In the doc file, there was a link. That link took the user to download a zip file and the zip file contained an executable which kind of attracted the user to double click because of the name, obviously. Uh, since it is targeted to government, it will be a little bit, uh, um, uh, they will be focused on double clicking that. That's uh, the, the weakness of the user. And once he clicks that one, uh, when it gets executed, that agent will try to communicate back to the server, right? Since uh, that already we explained. But then once that communication happens, right? That's where the, the, the next steps goes in. Mm-hmm. As of now, we do not have that particular information that what the attacker is going to do. Um, but once attacker gets connection back, he can um, do anything at the victim machine. Since he got the control of the machine, he can send maybe another ransomware, another um, worm, et cetera, et cetera. So he can do anything at the victim machine. I see. So it's really, it's the, the, the installation of this Screen Connect software, which I suppose we should mention is, is a legitimate piece of software that, that yep. people use for you know, everyday uh, normal uses, right? Exactly, exactly. It has been widely used, uh, to be frank, by uh, multiple MSPs and the customer support teams, et cetera, to control the machine and then send the files and uh, uh, help troubleshoot the victim machines, et cetera. So, Yeah. Yeah, and this is the danger of uh, hackers using it. Uh, we saw it uh, in the past years. That's Yuri Palazan. When, for example, there were several uh, high-profile uh, hacks uh, of uh, uh, IT outsourcing companies, uh, such as Cognizant, uh, uh, four years ago. First, the Cognizant were hacked, and once the hackers had access to their screen, uh, connect, uh, they were able to attack uh, their clients, for, for example, Maritz Holdings, and steal uh, over $1 million uh, worth of uh, uh, credit card, of gift cards. And uh, this is a, a type of hiding that uh, APT groups are trying to exploit here. So they put those zip files that we found on one hub and uh, one hub could be used for different purpose. Uh, and then uh, they hide behind the uh, screen connect and this uh, remote administration software, uh, it uh, often used for legitimate purposes. So it's hard for defenders to find it. The bad guys, if you use legit tools to do bad things, it's even harder to track. So that's what they're doing here. And then per Winston's point, Static Kitten likes to stay hidden. So they'll use legit tools to stay hidden and then compounded with what Yuri said, it's already difficult to find. So how do you find these malicious connections from legitimate tools? And in this case, as Winston said, it was the, the hard-coded launch parameters. Right. So it's interesting to see the legit 
tools because it's it makes it even more difficult to find and potentially worrisome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, part of your analysis here is is uh, you dive into uh, some of the details of these lure documents, some of the, um, I suppose, the social engineering aspect of this. Is is there anything uh, that stands out with these? How they were able to uh, to be effective in getting people to uh, to click on things? Yeah, a lot of APTs, for example, Mustang Panda. There, there are certain legitimate websites they go to to pull. Just straight up copy paste, you know, legitimate research or wordings. So sometimes groups will do that, but in regards to these, it's it's really interesting to me um, is that they're talking about Iran's actions in the Lur document when Static Kitten is a Iran Nexus group. So that's quite clever to talk about to try to lure people in concerned about Iran from an Iranian threat group. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that's a that's a good little trick there they're trying to do there. Right, that is kind of fascinating, isn't it? They, I, I suppose they they uh, they know what works. They know what's <laughs> going to grab the attention of the, of their adversaries. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they do and they don't. They try different things. Uh, so uh, in this report, we analyzed uh, two malicious zip files, and one was more direct, talking about Israel and politics. But uh, another was uh, a little bit uh, uh, more uh, beating around the bush uh, uh, with a more generic uh, topic. Uh, and uh, if we go back to this uh, APT group activity, Static Kitten, uh, we will see that uh, they try to modify uh, from one campaign to another campaign. So they will try to use something else. In your estimation, how sophisticated are these threat actors? How do you rate them that way? Yeah, so uh, if you see uh, the muddy water historically, that uh, in 2017, uh, we saw them uh, active or publicly announced uh, by Palo Alto in the, in the past. And um, from there, the tactics and techniques being uh, kind of uh, changing over the time. And if you can see that in Jan 20, 2018, uh, Fire told that, okay, uh, there is a, a kind of a, a updated tactics, techniques, and procedures in spear phishing campaign. And then it happened 20, 2018 multiple times. And then 2020, uh, we saw Clear Sky uh, talking about the Operation Quicksand and the operation against uh, uh, Lebanon and Oman, etc. So when we see these kind of activities happening, they specifically, uh, in a nutshell, they send a spear phishing uh, campaign to uh, to kind of uh, target the sentiments of the targeted audience of the or, or the victims to be frank so the victims will be uh, tend to um, i mean kind of uh, uh, react to these uh, mails because it is kind of uh, uh, utilizing the current situation in the region um, so that is where the muddy water uh, sophistication comes comes in and then uh, once it is there they typically use a kind of a lol bins and all bass so it's kind of living off the land binaries and scripts. So what it does is it uses mostly, it tries to use uh, the executables, uh, be, I mean, uh, within native to the Windows machine example. And for example, PowerShell, for example, other um, uh, registry 32 for registering the DLLs, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of uh, leaves very less forensic footprint. It will be pretty much difficult to identify uh, what is going on sometimes with the normal traditional AVs. Uh, because it is kind of uh, uh, running under the hood into the machine using the legitimate tools, which is meant to be running in the machines. 
So that is where the sophistication comes in a second stage. So all these comes into picture when we think about muddy water and they typically targets, uh, we can see that mostly they target across the Middle East uh, region as well. So what are your recommendations here? What are the best ways for people to protect themselves against this sort of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's oftentimes the employees are the weakest link. So it's those spearfishing. It's those, it's those custom things. Oftentimes they rely on relatively simple means to get inside a network. So it's really education against these spearfishing emails. If everyone knows that Static Kitten and these other groups, this is how they do business all the time. So look for these strange <laughs> email topics. Maybe they seem too too relevant to exactly what you're working on, which could be tough because, of course, you're looking for things that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that initial infection vector, if you yeah. can cut that out, that would be extremely useful. And, and, and also, uh, one point to add that uh, we know that the Mitre framework out there, and then um, it is always better to uh, get into each of the tactics and the techniques there and see whether, uh, let's take a company, and if they, can, uh, if they can kind of see whether their security controls will be able to identify uh, when there is a real attack happens, um, and one by one, if they can go uh, through each uh, tactics and see that, okay, uh, this particular technique, uh, whether we can detect in our environment or not, right? If you take muddy water, um, it has a kind of a TTPs. And then if you focus on that particular uh, TTPs and find that their, their kind of uh, controls are being able to detect this, that will be a really nice uh, project for them internally until they have a confidence, okay, this particular uh, TTP, even though it happens, uh, our team and our, our, uh, our tool sets are good enough to detect this. For example, supply chain compromise, whether we are able to detect that or not. So that is uh, one of the questions maybe CISOs needs to uh, get in touch with the teams and do this. Yes, very good a point. process. Yes, and finally, uh, uh, so uh, APT Group managed to use legitimate uh, remote administration tool to get into your network, but then... Uh, they they need to do some other steps. They would run some PowerShell commands. Uh, they will run some searches. Uh, they will start some exfiltration process. So uh, have some uh, uh, data loss prevention in place. Maybe some uh, canaries, uh, uh, some uh, like internal honeypots to detect uh, this kind of activity. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the important, you, your question is very valid that um, um, when I go and see the clients across the globe, um, when it comes to the intelligence, proactive intelligence, that is very important. So when we think about a priority for a particular company, th- think like that company is in Saudi, it's a bank, and uh, we define them, okay, uh, can you please prepare the PAR for, uh, for your uh, team, for your company, prioritize intelligence requirement? Whether, the, whether this muddy water, for example, is one of the priority for you because uh, you are in Saudi and uh, there are chances that these attackers will be attacking you. So that becomes a priority. So based on priority, we will help them to collect the intelligence themselves. Uh, we use a trust stream platform actually uh, for, for the clients and then we derive value out of it for the customer so that they can kind of track what's happening in the region with the heartbeat of intelligence coming to the platform and then they can investigate further themselves. So that's where we're helping them. That is one of the things. The proactive intelligence might help the clients across the globe to identify whether they are being targeted or not from a particular threat actor. 
Our thanks to Gage Mealy, Winston Meridison, and Yuri Polizon from Anomaly for joining us. The research is titled Probable Iranian Cyber Actors, Static Kitten, Conducting Cyber Espionage Campaign Targeting UAE and Kuwait Government Agencies. We'll have a link in the show notes. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>